0: On today's episode of Windy City Joes, Jackson, we talked to a pretty cool man. Yeah, we did. His name is not Dalton, but his band is Dalton and the Sheriff's. Things can get confusing there, but we had that all explained. His name is Scully. He's a Bostonian. That wasn't a Boston accent.
1: Yeah, what
0: was that? that was, yeah. Die, man. like, get
1: to the chopper. <laughs> get to the Dalton and the Sheriff's concert. Whatever. Yeah. So, <laughs> I I like that he really did that shout out to Carol's. Um, he loves like, their food as much as we do. Yeah, and that's like I'll bond over that with anybody, anyone.
0: And if you're listening, you're not familiar with the Chicago area, just go to Carol's and buy a chicken sandwich, and you can think of there
1: And if you don't know how to get there, you can listen to the song "Dear Chicago" by Dolphin <laughs> and the Sheriffs. Yeah, and that's also crazy. Fact. They should be coming to chicago in the next couple months and we're looking forward to that
0: yeah allegedly uh july 22nd 23rd according to sources
1: yeah roughly in there so uh make sure to check them out and and enjoy the episode if there are little minor technical
0: difficulties uh, Dalton was in his uh, car at a parent teacher conference. At a parent teacher conference. Not like we're not upset about it. You know, dude's got to live his it was life. Amazing. Yeah. Uh, but he was nice enough to
1: ignore the teachers long enough to do the interview. Yeah. And give us his time. So, uh, wait, did I just say Dalton? Well, Scully was. Oh,
2: God. I'm never drinking again. Put a hurting on my credit card. I must have Tequila shots for everybody at the bar. Well, I finally learned my lesson, See the neon light on Sunday morning, save no more Saturday nights. I mean it this time, at least until next week. I
0: swear I'm never drinking again. So first things first, I kind of want to go way to i guess literally where you're from and um how cuz i'm get i think you're from Boston if i heard correctly on stage yeah. and all that um but yeah what like what part's of Boston and like what got you into music in the early days
3: great um so yeah I, I live uh i live on the south shore of boston but most of our stuff happens in the city and uh the part of uh boston is like a small neighborhood would be in Chicago. Like we're so small compared, like you can walk from one side to the other. So we're in this really small part of the neighborhood. We do all our stuff and, uh, it's selfie, which is where, you know, the Goodwill hunting kind of movie took place, but it just became very gentrified. It's a lot of like kids, you know, younger kids just graduated from college. And, uh, that's kind of where we've, we've built it. So I, I actually live, uh, kind of on the ocean, um, like an ocean town down the south shore but uh you know every, everything's relative like my my town that i live in is like deep in the woods like near the ocean and would be like basically rosemont if we were in chicago so, so it's a very it's a much smaller city
0: Um my brother was actually just there uh with his fiance and they went to i think it's like the world's oldest tavern um where uh, oh, they had the oldest Be-
3: bottle uh, in Hand.
0: Yes, yeah. Um, I literally was going to run to the bar and grab it, but we just packed up everything. We're moving our studio. But yeah, anyways, he uh, went there and said it was like one of the coolest things ever, and that Boston has just so much history, and it's amazing.
3: So that's actually the bar where a lot of this started, believe it or not, is that Bell and Hand. I play there like regularly every week.
0: That's so cool. <laughs> that's so cool. Then how like when um when did you get I guess like introduced to the Chicago area? Because I saw you play at Joe's when you opened for Travis Denning. Um and that's like when I when I heard your story about pretty much you uh being a former principal, which or vice principal, which I definitely want to get into. I was like, I gotta talk to this guy and learn more about him. Um I don't even know what question I had originally.
1: When you got introduced well, to yeah, the so- Chicago
3: area. Oh yeah. Well, Chicago, we, we kind of had a little run here in Boston, and, and we, we were very lucky to be able to sell some tickets here. And because of that, we were been able to get out to other cities. And after doing a loop of all the major cities, we decided Chicago was one that felt most like Boston, uh, just the people there. And, and it was just kind of like a, a bigger, you know, but it had, the same, it had the same feel, the same kind of people. And uh, we were lucky enough to meet Ed and, Ed was just really kind to us and, and sort of kind of giving us opportunities. And every time we go out there, it seems to get a little bit bigger. We get a little further along. And it's uh, nice to have someone like Ed in your corner. So it's really just all Ed making things happen for us.
0: Um, is there a shitty liquor uh, that represents Boston like Molard does in Chicago?
3: Uh, absolutely not. Everybody in Boston just drinks Bud Light all the time but i will tell you that me and the guitarist actually we enjoy malort like we enjoy malort it's a lot of fun
2: no. <laughs>
1: yeah. we look forward since since i've moved here and like been like living in the city i it's growing on me oh. i'll do it i like i'll do it without making a face now but like <laughs> like before like the first time they were like oh you can't actually live in chicago until until you have a shot of Malort, and I was like, "All right, yeah, I'll do a shot of anything." And then I did it, and I was like, "All right, I'm never doing that again." And then uh, you know, it kept coming back up, and we had
3: a couple people on that we did it with. So,
1: I mean, it's not as bad anymore.
3: Yeah. So, like I'd, we I'd, like, you guys know the, the movie Home Alone, obviously being a Chicago, you know, area people, but uh, we're like our band is is sort of like known. Like our calling card is like selling bars out of Bud Light. That's what we do. So like <laughs> we, we, you know, the first time we play places, and we just like they're like by the time they like an hour into the show, the Bud Light's gone, and then you can tell how good a night it was by like what beer they're on by the end of the night. So it's pretty funny. We have a we have a good time with it, but yeah, um, Bud, Bud is, Light is the way people in Boston.
0: That's uh that's hilarious. and I always feel like – I do feel like locals and. They either hate Malort, like spit it out, or they actually prefer it and like will take home multiple bottles. Um, so, but St. Patrick's Day is around the corner. What is? Can you tell someone that has that comes from? I guess a big patriot, or wow, well, not patriot. St. Patrick celebrating city. Like, what is it like in Boston?
3: Ah, uh, so it's it's a big big deal. Uh, we I don't know if you guys know this, but up until recently, and I think it still exists in Boston. We, we created a holiday, the Irish people created a holiday called Evacuation Day, that was always the day after St. Patrick's Day. Like, that's how much we like St. Patrick's Day in our town. So <laughs> technically, it's the day that the British were kicked out of the city of Boston. But it's just funny that a bunch of, like, Irish-American politicians made it always fall on the 18th. So you can, you can think of whatever you want. So, like, kids would have it off in school when you're growing up. Like, my kids don't have to go to school because there's some, like, kids from the city that come down to the school. So kind
0: of funny i feel like that'd be that'd be a town to just enjoy it in for sure yeah bucket bucket list type uh
1: type day well and i'm from chicago but my parents told me that i was made in boston so i always (laughs) say the first tattoo that i ever get is gonna be a tattoo on my ass that says made in boston (laughs) and you only a slight few people will get to actually see the tattoo But, uh, yeah, I guess they won a radio contest and they said they had too much fun bar hopping. And then nine months later, I was there. So
3: that's pretty much the Boston story, I think, at the end of the day. (laughs) (laughs) That's about Yeah, it's like my dad. Like, (laughs) the one (laughs) thing, go ahead. Oh, so well, the thing about Boston is that we're all sprint drinkers here. So you guys, like, in classy towns, you know, your, some of your bars are open till 4am and like here, all our bars for the most part close at like one. So like you take a Bostonian out to like New York or, or Chicago, and they think that they have to sprint race everybody because there's only like so much time in the evening. So it's like you get to the bar at 10 and by 1130, everybody has had their entire night. And then you, you go to a city where people are out to like three or four in the morning and it's just, it's bonkers. Like it's not, a, it's not a good scene for anybody. So that, that's, that's how you really describe St. Patrick's day. It's like, it's, it's the day that they, everybody starts in the morning and then they go until they fall.
0: <laughs> that sounds awesome. Um, can you, I only heard part of it when you were on stage, but can you tell us like the full elaborated story of you working as a, like I said, I think it was the vice principal and then doing music on the weekends. And yeah. Can you take us back to that time and just what was going on?
3: Yeah. So basically, I mean, I was, I was in education and, uh, I have three kids and part of like the deal with education is you have to go back and get your master's degree. So I started playing at night with a buddy in bars, just acoustic to pay for my master's degree. And, it just, like, we hit the right group of kids. Like, I'd always tried to do music, but it was kind of funny that at 31, all of a sudden people wanted to go see me play music after not wanting to see me for most of my life before that. And, uh, you know, it, it, it coincided with, like, country becoming a really big deal in Boston. Um, my brothers both played college football in, in the Boston area, and a lot of their teammates came from other parts of the country. And, like, we may not have, like, the Division One SEC, like, football area but we have a lot of colleges here and a lot of kids that come up and play D2 or D3 sports and they brought country music with them and it just kind of took over you know like Kenny Chesney always ends his tours here in Boston at Gillette Stadium Zach Brown always plays Fenway Park it's like you wouldn't I think nationally you wouldn't think of it that way we just sort of hit the timing right and at one point it just like we got some big opening slots back in like 2012 and you know, we kind of kept building. And then in 2016, it was sort of like I wasn't seeing my kids. I was I was working all day and then going out playing all night. and We just had to make a choice and, and try and go for it. And, uh, you know, I, I always say the way we do it is not the way you're supposed to do it, for sure. But uh, we're just kind of lucky that people help us out and kind of keep us going.
0: Oh, that's so cool. That's so cool. Especially like, I mean, I, I'm sure that was very just well thought out and probably an emotional time in your life where you're like, okay, like I'm really going to do this. There's no, there's no going back now. Like I'm, I'm going to do this. When did you find out that you could sing? Cause you said you were in music a little bit before, but like, when did you know you had that raspy, powerful, insane voice that you have?
3: <laughs> I I've had it all my life. I mean, I just, I kind of didn't grow up in a musical family. Like if anything, my family was into like actual musicals which is not like the coolest way to get into things but it's like you know my a couple of my relatives were acting and stuff like that just locally and you know I just always wanted to sing and my uncle could play guitar he was really really talented and I just knew I wasn't cool enough on my own so I had to learn to play guitar so I, I basically was like made him teach me and then he gave me his guitar which was like one of his only things that he had that was nice and he just gave it to me. If I didn't have that guitar, I wouldn't have learned. And he taught me the basic chords. And I, I've i always played, even when it was not smart to play, even when people didn't want to go see me play, I would still play. And uh, so it's I've been doing it my whole life. But it's just this band is probably about 12 years in. And it started as an acoustic act, and it grew from there. But you know, I've been doing it. It's just kind of weird how people have come around to it now. You know what I mean?
0: yeah i mean i couldn't yeah i couldn't imagine i don't know for doing something for like yeah 10 plus years and then you know all of a sudden people are like oh dalton and the sheriff's you need to check them out you need to check them out but i mean it's all it it also speaks to your commitment to it as well
3: well i mean and even that night at the uh at that show you were at like i don't know if you noticed all the boston people that just show up like they all like flew in show and there, it's just wild. Like we, we just, we found a group of people that understand, like at the end of the day, I am not cool at all. Like I'm talking to you right now in a car outside of a school function. Like that's, that's the level of like stardom that we're always going to have. So, you know, but we have these people that are amazing and like, they just do so many good things for people. Like they travel for us. Like we had a, so this person I uh, I know needed a new um, handicap accessible van this week for her son, and the kid the kids that come to our show raised twenty five thousand dollars in twenty four hours for the van. Like, oh my god! Just just raffle tickets, isn't that wild? They bought I I auctioned off an, a backyard acoustic show, and they that's how much money they raised in twenty four hours. And like they're just the nicest people. Like there's there's generally not fights at our shows. People just happy. They like just there to have a good time and not think about real life. And I just, I don't think many bands have that. I don't think many people have that to have that group, that family feel to everything that goes on. And it's just we're very, very lucky.
0: The, uh, yeah, I mean the, I guess the just the loyalty factor is just so damn cool. And I mean, because I mean, people that we've talked to for sure obviously have like loyal fans, but then it's just the. The fans that know one or two songs of the artist and they appreciate their music, which there's nothing wrong with that. But then, yeah, you have the super dedicated fans that know the entire album and will be there at like the album release parties and stuff like that.
3: Yeah, we so like just for perspective, like, like I've spent my whole life playing bars, like bell in hand and stuff like that. And like last summer, we got to headline a five thousand capacity amphitheater because all these kids bought tickets like you know what i mean like that's that's a once in a lifetime thing like i got my son up on stage singing ed sheeran songs and the crowd's going nuts at like 14. like it's just it's just stuff that shouldn't be possible it's it's unbelievable what these people have done for us
0: but i mean it, like i said it credits to you and your music and sticking through it for getting like such a loyal fan base so you got to pat yourself somewhat on the back i'm going to make you <laughs> <laughs>
3: listen the minute that i think that i had anything really to do with throwing a party i'm going to be in trouble people are going to be like i'm I'm constantly i'm constantly waiting for people to realize like dude that guy's like 41 and he's got a gray beard what are we doing with our lives we're going to do something else
1: (laughs) (laughs) so um what, what's your favorite song of your guys It's to just like like when you guys are playing a show, it's just you have the most fun playing it. And, you know, it just, you know, you can feel the energy every time you play that song. What, what song is that?
3: Well, there's, there's a couple like we we've sort of never cared whether we we're playing our songs or cover songs like it's grown yeah. organically. Like we didn't go out there and say we're going to play all our songs for you. Um, so there's two songs, one song. There's a song called "You Ain't Her" and everyone always shouts two, three, four at one part in the song, and it just like takes people aback because they're like, "What? How did this happen?" You know. So that's always cool to do. And then we play uh, a cover of "Zombie" that, for whatever reason, yeah, Yeah, you (laughs) do. (laughs) It's like when, when, (laughs) when my when my tombstone is written, it's gonna say he played "Zombie" on it. That's all it's gonna say.
1: (laughs) yeah but but i mean that's what i was i was hoping you were gonna say that because we were i listened to it on the way here i heard a lot in, and it was it was playing in the studio and i was like (laughs) fuck yeah (laughs) it it was just perfect and i was like god i get to hear it again you know like
3: (laughs) but yeah i was
1: hoping that was one of them so
3: so it's funny so we we uh we we made a point when we were first learning back in like the early 2000s that it felt like all the '90s songwriters had just moved to Nashville and taught all these guys like the basic like like '90s '90s rock chords, and like they like had never heard them before, or whatever. So like the Jason Aldean song "Flyover States" is just the course is just zombie. So early on, we were like playing a bar, I think in Syracuse. It was either Syracuse or Foxborough where we were home. Like one of the old Toby Keiths, like you guys used to have out there. And we just decided to mash up Zombie into the middle of Flyover States just to see what would happen. And man, it was like record scratch, stop, the whole place looking at us like, what are you doing? And we like put it away for six months. We didn't even play it again. We were like, well, that didn't work. Everyone hated that. Like, I think they were trying to line dance and they stopped and like, what is is this malarkey? And then uh, (laughs) somebody was there that night and like heard it and liked it and then asked for it at like one of my acoustic shows and literally within three weeks it was a big thing so we have like it's just that's what it is right they like play zombie we have shirts people hold up their hands in the, in the letter z at the shows and like they're they relentless they're like play it three times on a sunday afternoon for a solo show just for fun like, like, let's be honest if my penance is to play zombie three times a night at every show that sounds okay to me i'm good i can do that <laughs>
0: I mean that's yeah that's a great way to earn a living you know. Uh, do you remember? Do you remember like your first? <laughs> I mean no that's a, that's a stupid question. Do you remember when the song came out and like was it was it massive then?
3: For zombie, yeah. So yeah, basically when uh, it used to be the the pump up song in my locker room for high school football, which ironically I'm sitting oh. outside my old high school right now. So we would listen to the cranberries version. Every single day before a game, or like as we get back for practice or whatever. So, we just it's always been a big song for me. And uh, we just, for whatever reason, we just like people have really, really taken to it in Boston.
0: I think my uh, for high school, my football was uh, back in black because our uniforms are black. That's what we'd run out Nice. Of. And I think Volbeat. I it, you know, that song was the- Volbeat though. <laughs> yeah, go ahead what we were, what were gonna say about uh, i think it was back in black can you hear me nice hello
3: oh, uh okay. i was it was a delay for a second we're getting some snow oh, okay here, so it could no. be
0: me no you're fine
1: um so you know cool. growing up coming from boston what is your like biggest like top 5 musical influences and in your like artists that you like grew up listening to and inspired
3: you to you know go into music? Well, I was I was a product of like I went to school from like 94 to 98 in high school, so I was very much like sort of in that Counting Crows, Hootie and the Blowfish like moment and uh those were kind of my big bands growing up. And then as I got older, you know, it was, I think Eric church and Zach Brown really kind of changed the game for me in terms of like, I felt like what the kind of music I liked growing up almost didn't exist for a lot of the two thousands. And then all of a sudden country came in and it was like, well, this is what would have happened if like County Crows had kept going and stuff like that. And it just felt, you know, I, I, I'm not, very cool and the stories i tell are like about family and friends and things like that it's like like so that storytelling never fit in the rock world but it does fit in the country world but there's elements of my voice and the kind of the energy we play with that doesn't fit in the country world but fit in the rock world so i don't i mean i don't know what we really are but like i like to think you know all the things we've listened to fit you know and i i, I grew up sort of listening to the radio i don't think kids do that anymore but like you just You would drive around in a car and whatever was on the radio is what you listened to and hopefully your mom wouldn't change the channel. You know what I mean? Like, if you like the song. And that's, so it's like, I guess I have a very different training. I didn't have money to go to like, buy, you know, go to, uh, you know, Newberry Comics every weekend and buy new records. I listened to what was on the radio and you know, it's amazing that my son can sit there on Spotify and listen to any song in the world he wants to. It's just a very different world. So I, I feel like it's like a blessing and a curse. Like, I, I listen to things. I gravitate towards things that sound like they could be on the radio. And I know that's not, like, the coolest way to look at music. And it may not be as avant-garde as we're supposed to be. But, man, that's that's what I like to do.
0: But it's, yeah, it's, I mean, it's what you're used to. So that, that makes sense. and That's a perfect answer.
1: Well, and to your point, um, you know, that that kind of music would have eventually turned into country music hootie did keep going he is a country artist now so it's like (laughs) it pretty much did it was like the next natural step he's like where do we go from here country
3: yep you know and i i personally believe like a song is a song is a song and like i know even people close to me don't always agree with that but I, i feel like a good song is is at its base level, if you're just whistling it or singing it to yourself in a car, it's just a song. And then the production value and the instruments you put behind it influence the way a person hears it. But I've never heard him as anything other than songs. You know what I mean? Like, and I, I think that's why like we end up playing weird songs like "Zombie," because it's like it's just a song, right? Like it's it's me singing a song. I'm not going to sing it the way Dolores O'Riordan sang it. I'm going to sing it the way I sing it. And we've sort of always tried to take that approach. It's, you know, play play all the music the way like as if we wrote it, as if we were performing it ourselves.
0: You definitely do that to an awesome, like just way you make it, you make it your own, uh, and it's super cool. I do have one very important question: Who's Dalton if you're Scully? And how did it become Dalton in the chair? Okay,
3: ready. This is uh, this is. This is a funny, so there's this kid named Steve, right? And Steve will like this because he uh, he makes me tell a story every time he comes out. I'm pretty sure he used it to meet people in bars. But when I walked into my sophomore English class and back in like 2000, I guess, God, I don't even know, maybe 2011 or something like that, we put out that song, You Ain't Her, and we did a video. And I walked into my class in sophomore English, and I was like, okay, we're in the computer lab today, like, start writing your essays. And Steve and a couple of his buddies pulled up the YouTube video, and they all timed it and pressed play with their speakers on as loud as they could. So I gave them all, at that point, the band was just the Brian Scully band. So I gave them all the attention, and we changed the band name. So they uh, they take credit for making us into Dalton the Sheriff. So it's just, it's Patrick Swayze from Roadhouse's character is Dalton. And uh, I just, there's a kid in the band that was, like, calling himself Dalton when we play country shows. So I took that and then we just kind of messed around with like, I always like hooting the blowfish, you know, that kind of stuff. So we just came up with them, the sheriff's and I honestly hated it, but I figured the kids wouldn't find it at school. And then we got like our first, like we opened a couple shows for Thomas Rhett. And they once, once they was like happening, we couldn't change the name. So now everybody thinks my name's Dalton. So like, if you're in Boston <laughs> and you go to the door, they're like, they're like, I know Dalton. They're like, no, like, what's his real name? Dalton, you know? So I don't know. Kind of a fun. It's kind of weird.
0: Last name the sheriff's. <laughs>
3: yes, exactly.
1: <laughs> That's hilarious, Patrick Swayze from Roadhouse. Well, and when he so told so me that our- we were sitting down with you today, I was like, "He's like, we're sitting down with Scully from Dalton and the Sheriff's." I'm like, "Oh, I was like, who's uh, who's Scully?" And he was like, "Scully's the the main guy." I'm like, "Well then, who's Dalton?" And he's like, I don't know.
3: <laughs> so the best part is, is like, we, not that we actually need it, but like all of our fake band names are all just other Patrick Swayze characters. So like, all of our demos are stored. Like when we're sending them back and forth to each other, it's all as Johnny Castle and the Ghosts from the movie Ghosts. So it's just like, it's not, you know, everything. It's all. It's all. Uh, dirty dancing references and things like that so we're keeping the swayze dream alive <laughs> that's hilarious <laughs> you guys are in trouble when
0: because because you're only going to go farther and farther and you're going to blow up so now you're going to get you're going to get in trouble when everyone has patrick swayze reference names
3: <laughs> yep oh it's, listen it's gonna be great i i got a thousand of them it's like I carried a watermelon. Like we, my wife and I just go back and forth on all this stuff. Just Swayze lines. We'll we'll be able to hide, hide in plain sight.
0: <laughs> it's because he's the one that did the um, SNL skit with that we were yeah, going
3: with, with Farley.
0: Yeah, uh, we're gonna we're gonna do that for Halloween. Actually, I was gonna be Patrick Swayze yeah. and he's gonna be Farley when they're doing the uh, the Chippendales. The one. Chippendales. Yeah,
1: and we literally yeah. bought the costumes, all the stuff. We're getting ready to go to the party. And we get a memo that it's not a costume party. <laughs> I said, I still want to show up. I... <laughs> like we had breakaway pants. We had breakaway shirts. I'm like, like this shit's got to come off at some point in the night. And then he was like, it's not a costume party. I just found that out. And it's like 12 hours ago. We don't have any other costumes. And I was like, that's so
3: us. Uh, thing to do. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. That's awesome.
0: i still wanted to do it uh when you come into when you come into chicago are there any food places that you always have to hit
3: yes um i always like going to uh like honestly carols is my favorite place to go because i know it sounds crazy but um like there's unbelievable food everywhere in chicago and we go to all the places but for me personally usually i'm like the band dad so like The end of a show, I'm like coordinating and driving and not really drinking. But we're in Chicago. I don't have any responsibilities. We rented the gear, and Carols is open till four and serving food to like two most nights. So it's like I get to sit down, have a Chicago dog, have have my Malort, you know. And it's just a grand old time. It's uh, so I really I really look forward to Carols every single time.
0: We are obsessed as an understatement. Their fried chicken sandwiches are oh my god the best. I've had in the city, like in a, anywhere else, um and we, as a team, we stand by that. Like it is, they have amazing food, and Joe's has great pizza, so it, it all works out.
3: It's it's amazing. You go to you go to Carol's, and I just feel like every drink and food is made with love. Like you're in a TV show. Like like it's not it's not possible. It's like what I imagine the food would taste like on the TV show Cheers, which again shows you how old I am. But Cheers, like, yeah, just unbelievable.
1: Yeah, that's what I always say. I'm always, I always feel exactly like I'm walking into Cheers. I mean, we spent a lot of time there, so I know all of the bartenders, and <laughs> so that's partially the reason I'm like I feel like I'm walking in. And I'm like Norm, but uh, it is yep. uh, it is like the Chicago version of Cheers.
3: So funny, two funny stories about that. Number one, we wrote a song about it because during the pandemic we were so depressed we couldn't go to Carols, so we wrote a song called "Dear Chicago" all about Carols, and it's really just directions to get there if you get drunk it's all about like what street corner to go to if you really listen to it but it's a a nice song you know and then secondly do you know that norm from cheers is jason sudakis's uncle yeah what isn't that weird yeah (laughs) (laughs) that is so weird
1: right yeah i saw it in the second city documentary about Uh, uh, the training center here in chicago crazy wow uh is dear chicago on spotify because
0: i heard is, part of it yeah. live oh my yeah, god i yeah, does ed know that you wrote a song about carols
3: yeah i mean I, I, he <laughs> probably thought i was trying too hard but i mean it's just it's pure love like if you if you spend enough time with it, you know it's real
0: <laughs> no we we hear you like we said um I've, I've been a fan of carols forever. Also, it's just, like, the environment is sick. Like, the brick walls, the neon, like, everything about it is just, like, perfect dive bar. Real
1: it's awesome. awesome. Yeah. Not real. Well, and, like, the live music there is so cool because it's, like, such an intimate setup. So, like, you know, it's, like, we'll go to Joe's, we'll see the big concerts, and then we'll go to carols, we'll get a chicken sandwich, and we'll listen to these more intimate, like, concerts with like maybe like you know a couple
0: hundred well and i'm i feel like do you do you like the more intimate like people right in your face when you're performing or do you prefer like five to ten feet back
3: uh i'm like i i was raised with people knocking the microphone in my face so i mean i'm i'm kind (laughs) of cool we it's it's i like people up front i like to know that people are getting into it we like we have a lot of like crowd participation and sing-alongs and it just you can feel it when people are behind the band. It's it's like the closest thing that I've come to like being on a sports team. Like it's 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 just a great feeling.
0: I believe it. I believe it. I'm all out of questions. Do you got anything
1: else? I think I'm <clears throat> a out of questions too. Um, what do you do? You have anything like big planned for St. Patty's Day?
3: Uh, yeah, we're gonna do like a four night run out here, and then we're actually playing in the St. Patrick's Day parade in Boston on a float that we're oh, building. Oh my God. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> that's <laughs> that's
1: amazing.
0: That is so awesome. Yep, um, well, awesome. we hope, we hope that um, Dalton and the sheriffs is back in the city soon. Uh, that way we can scream our heads off to zombie, but Scully from Dalton and the sheriffs. It's been great talking to you. We appreciate your time. And yeah, we look forward to seeing you at Carol's especially.
3: Yeah, I think we're going out July 22nd, 23rd. I think we'll be out again.
0: Hell yeah. We will get the word out. We appreciate it. Thank you so much.
3: Have a great day, guys. Thanks so much for having
1: me on. Uh, No problem. Thank you.